And welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Cule Show. Good morning, Vietnam. This is not a test. This is The Cule Show on the TKS family of social media platforms. I am your host, as always, the inside of the insiders, Tyler Cule. Yes, I know, guys, it is a Monday morning show. Monday morning. I'd say bright and early, but it is 10 o'clock, so it's not like it's too early. It's not completely the worst. However, it's okay. I'll survive, as will you, here on the Cule Show family of networks. The reason why I say that is because, well, we're not on 12-ounce sports right now. But then again, you kind of know that if you're watching it live here on this Monday morning. Now, if for some reason you have to duck out at a certain time, that is okay. No need to panic. We will be doing a live a live replay, if you will. Live replay. I don't know if that's an oxymoron whatever, but you know what I mean. On 12-Ounce Sports, hence why we have it down there in the corner, 12-Ounce Sports. So if you are watching this at our usual time frame at 6 o'clock, that means you're watching it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or you're also doing that on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter of the Cule Show as well, which means the replay will be up you know, right after this thing is all done. So if you miss it a little bit, that's okay. Also, you can be sure to catch it on your favorite podcatcher as well. Just search the Cule Show on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Is there another one that I have forgotten? Probably Radio FM, Last.FM. I don't know which they all are, but there is a lot of them. But, of course, since we're also on 12-Ounce Sports later tonight, mybookie.ag, check them out there in the corner. Use the promo code 12-Ounce Sports. That's 1-2-O-Z Sports. If you don't know how to spell sports, I'm sorry. Just, just look at the logo down there in the bottom for 12-ounce sports. There you go. That's how you should do it. MyBookie.ag, win and get paid. Sign for free, 12-ounce sports. And, of course, as always, up in the corner, secondstringleather.com, Second String Leather Company. Awesome gear throughout, awesome stuff. Wallets, bags, keychains, coasters, T-shirts, toques, all the stuff that you want for your everyday lifestyle on secondstringleather.com, hashtag crafted from the crease. And of course, something I keep for kind of forgetting to mention every single time we're on the program here, we have our own swagtacular. I'm wearing it right now. That shirt in the middle, the Kiel Show shirt. It's in a great logo. It's awesome. Don't you want to wear it all the time? You should. Teespring.com slash store slash the dash Kiel dash show. Find the link also in the description of the video of the video that you're going to, I mean, I'll probably edit the description for the, the live description later for the on YouTube. But it's also, if you're listening, check it out. Get your awesome swag, TKS swag, women's shirts, men's shirts, hoodies, toques. I think we have toques. Stickers. I know that. We have leggings. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out exactly what we all have because it's uh, been a while since I've checked it out. I know we've had a couple of sales. I just forget what people buy most frequently. Haven't heard any requests yet, but if you ever want something special from us, hey, go for it. Just be like, hey, guys, I want this. I want, you know, uh, a mask. I mean, I know mask mandates are getting lifted across the country, whatever, not in Canada, but if you want your own mask so you feel safe forever, go on there and tell Tyler, I want a TKS mask. Absolutely. Just, you know, give me specifications so you're not like, I don't like this color. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a designer. Anyways, only an hour-long show today because, well, I had to jam this into my morning schedule, which has become increasingly packed, but I had to make sure that we got caught up before Thursday's show. Now, yes, Thursday will also be at 10 a.m. as well. So just letting you all know about that. I know when the initial announcement came out that we were going to do 9 a.m. And then we realized that was not going to be feasible because people, other people in this department need to sleep. Not me. You know, my wife, for example. Dog, she doesn't need to sleep. She just wakes up whenever she wants to, which she lets us know very, very, very audibly sometimes in the early mornings. But 
We have a lot to get to, though, today in this hour because we have our first couple of teams moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, yes, sorry, Bob. But also, we have some series that were unexpectedly going, could be going the distance. Series that we thought were going to end quickly, but all of a sudden are not going to. Series that we thought are going to go long may not go quickly at all. And there are some series that are possibly turning out the complete opposite way that we thought they were going to. We'll get to all that throughout the show. So for the first half of the show, we're gonna we're not going to go division by division like we did last time or like we usually do because so many games last night and so many big games tonight. We're going to split them in two here. First part of the show, we'll talk about the games yesterday. Now, yes, one game from yesterday is pertained tonight as well because there's back-to-backs in the North Division, but we'll get to them here in just a little bit. Let's start off with the series that is over before it even got started. The Colorado Avalanche knocking off the St. Louis Blues four straight. This one was not a shock. Colorado and St. Louis had one of the widest gaps among any of the one-versus-four matchups. Toronto and Montreal being, I believe, a little bit bigger because Montreal had the worst record coming into this postseason. We'll get to that series in our, or at bottom of the hour here on TKS. If I am pertaining to the screen, yes, because there's actual hockey on right now. I'm actually watching the World Championships right now. The Russian Olympic Committee, I guess is how they're calling themselves, uh, they're taking on Slovakia this morning. The World Championships this year. Because I got Fubo TV, the seven-day free trial, because I have to watch NHL Network. Because the Leafs in Montreal are playing on there a couple times in their first-round series. So, and I'm like, let's get it. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. The World Championships are on. Boy, this has been a weird year. They're also on ESPN Plus as well. Like, Kazakhstan beat Finland in a shootout. Sweden's 0-2 because they lost to Belarus. And Denmark, Canada's 0-2 because they got, well, they got throttled by the Americans yesterday. And they also lost to Latvia. And who else won? Let's see. Well... Great Britain had a close game against Slovakia, who's playing right now. Let's see. Italy lost to... No. Yes. No, Great Britain beat Italy. Belarus beat Sweden. Kazakhstan. I mean, this is a completely weird tournament where... And it's not a best-on-best because a lot of the NHLers that do go over are the ones that are eliminated. For example, Ilya Samsonov and Dmitry Orlov from the Caps are going over. We'll get to them here in just a moment. But it's been so entertaining to watch because the games have been so unpredictable. Like Kazakhstan. The only time Kazakhstan ever does good in national tournaments is when like the World University Games they do well because no one ever like in, you know, for the World University Games, NCAA players don't go over because typically around that time they're going, they're just coming back. The best player at least come back from either World Juniors or they're trying to heat up for national tournaments. So typically you see like the ACHA players or some U sports players come from North America or Kazakhstan, they have like they're pretty much their national team. That's like 17, 18 year olds go play in that tournament. So it's always interesting there. But this one this year in particular has been really fun to watch. Back to the National Hockey League here. Colorado and St. Louis, it was that first game when Jordan Bennington stood on his head for the first 40 minutes. He thought, oh boy, he's going to go full Cujo in this series. And then the third period happened. I'm like, okay, well, it's 4-1. It's only one game. If Bennington can keep up his play, they'll be fine. Well, he tried his best, but it didn't do much. I mean, last night in particular, 5-2 win. Now, granted, 5-2, but with two empty net goals. McKinnon gets a goal and an assist. His sixth goal, by the way, of the series, Nathan McKinnon. Gabriel Landeskog also goal and assist. Brandon Saad, how about this? Third goal of the playoffs. Third goal of the series last night in the win. Uh, He's 
pretty good, guys. He's doing okay. You know, for a guy that we thought, hey, this guy is going to be toast. He's going to be gone. He's not. He's an afterthought. He's literally going to go down the lineup. Well, with Nazem Kadri out of the lineup now for now going to be seven games after the win last night. I mean, he's going to be, you're going to need guys like Brandon Saad to step up. And the, we'll talk a little bit about the other West series here in a minute. Why it's going to be a really tough battle between who they may have to play. I mean, no matter what, if it was Minnesota or Vegas looking into it, it was not going to be easy. But now we have an idea of who it probably will be possibly ending tonight. I just, Colorado looked too good. There were moments when St. Louis showed that they could play with them, but that was the thing. They were moments. Colorado, for the longevity of the series, was the better team, and that's why this series only went four games. I picked Saint. I picked Colorado in five. I really thought St. Louis would get one at home, and you know what? That game three was maybe their best shot, maybe last night too, but unfortunately, I mean, had Jordan Bennington not got caught way out of his net, maybe we're talking about a different story here, but... You know, it's that's how the puck bounces sometimes. So St. Louis, I don't know what Dougie Armstrong's trying to do out there now, if he's going to look to make some moves. Obviously, you have guys with some big contracts on that roster. Who are they going to protect in the Seattle expansion draft? I can't. That's why I almost can't wait for the offseason. Obviously, we got the rest of the playoffs to go here, but the Seattle expansion draft is just going to be so much fun because we were we were not, unfortunately, around when Vegas had their had their expansion draft. We were not around then which would have been a bummer because, well, we would have sucked, first of all, had we done it back then. But it was so much fun just to follow it, let alone actually, you know, talk about it on air and whatnot. So I'm really excited for this year because we'll probably do like a long four-hour show. I see if we can probably get Everett Fitz you on here. Former Cincinnati Cyclones play-by-play voice, now radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. Or it's going to be the first of the Seattle Kraken. So... Avs sweep the Blues. They become the first team to do it. The second team to move on to the second round. We head over to the Mass Mutual East Division. The Boston Bruins eliminating the Washington Capitals. Boy, the perfection line was perfect yesterday. Even though, let's be honest, Boston got outplayed. Washington, at home, played like the team that was desperate. They were playing for their lives. They knew it, too. Because it was their season on the line. Yelia Samsonov made a few big saves, but boy, Tuka Rask, probably his best game. And when we had Shannon Walsh on prior to the series, we thought, man, are, are they going to be are they going to be healthy enough? Are they going to be good enough? Is Tuka, where's his mindset at? He's the guy. No Yarrow Halak. Yeah, you had Jeremy Swayman back there, but who are you going to go with? Is Tuka, what if Tuka gets rattled? And especially that first game, boy, he didn't look the best. Oh boy, Washington's up 1-0. Cool as a cucumber the rest of the way. Tuka Rask. 40 saves in the win last night, picking up the victory. He was outstanding. He was calm. He gets scored on early. So what? He didn't care. How about David Pasternak's goal, though? That was a dandy. Excuse me, Nick Dowd. I'm going to send you back to the minors here with this nice little toe dragon. He goes around Samsonov like a Samsonov. Hey, why don't you go play for Russia in the World Championships? There's a goal there for you. At the time, it only it was only a one goal lead at that point, but... Patrice Bergeron gets a pair of goals like and it was that. Yes, that perfection line stepped up when they needed to, even though Brad Marchand didn't even get a single point that game. But who cares? They got the win Tuka Rask looked good. He looked confident. And here's the kicker now for the Boston Bruins. They're going to be able to now sit back, rest, have a brewski and wait 
for the other team that's going to come out of the East because, boy, that series is looking like it may go seven at this point. Jeez, it's, it's an exciting game over there. Like I said, that we'll get to that in the second half of today's program. But I, I you got to like Boston. you got to like where their confidence is at. you got to like the way that they're playing now. And can't we all just be happy right now, kids, that the Washington Capitals, for the sake of the Department of Player Safety from the National Hockey League, they are out. Because Dmitry Orlov should have gotten a few games. But he didn't, of course, because... You know, why would anyone care, right? I, I just chuckle. I just, that, my, the tweet that was posted from the Keel Show's Twitter that, you know, when the cap said it's a must win game, and I'm like, you know, if you guys lost today, it would be a huge load off the NHL Department of Player Safety shoulders. And that got a, that got a few likes and retweets from it. So that was pretty neat. But you, you, you really wonder what the game plan is going to be moving forward for Boston because, you know, while, a team that plays seven games, a little bit battered, whatever, but it's only out of the first round. So if you're Boston, you want to try to find a way to keep that momentum. They've won four straight games. They didn't really go in. I mean, they were better after the trade deadline, after getting a guy like Taylor Hall, who came up big in this series for the Bruins. But are they going to be able to keep this up for a long period of time? When will age become a factor? Yes, it is a younger team. Now, granted, the average age fell down when Chara left town because, boy, he's old. And I know a lot of people looked at that as kind of a sad story and, you know, because all of his former teammates, pretty much that was the majority of the team that's still there. I mean, Taylor Hall, I'm trying to think of any other guys that were not on the Bruins team last year with Chara because they went through the line, especially Bergeron and Marchant, guys that were literally, you know, with him for over a decade, decade plus. Bergeron since Chara got traded. Same thing with Marchant when he got first called up. I mean, all these guys had been with Char for so long. I mean, it's it's like beating it's like beating an older brother after you haven't seen him for a long or when you've been with him for so long, and then he goes to a different school, you go to a different school, and you beat him. I mean, it's it's kind of how it was for for Zidane Char yesterday. So Washington's got a they got a serious look in the mirror there too because goaltending. I mean, I'll be honest. If Vitek Vanacek doesn't pull his groin, how does the series go out? I don't know. If Craig Anderson doesn't show that he's old, how does it go? Do they? I think I thought they should have gone back. There must have been something with Anderson that we didn't know about because I would have gone with Anderson in either Game Five or I mean, probably Game Five. Give Samsonov two games to give him some time off, but I would have gone with him in Game Five easily because it's the it's elimination game and Anderson looked better than Samsonov. Now, granted, yes. The double overtime game, the error by Samsonov, up until that point, yes, he played a great game. Maybe that's why they were going with him. That's the only thing I can possibly think of. Because I tell you, he is Samsonov for me, because like I said, him and Orlov are both going to join Russia. They won't, obviously not there for this game between them and Slovakia, but I believe they'll be there, I don't know, for the next game or the following game, their third or fourth game of the tournament for the Russian Olympic Committee. All I'm going to say is, though, but if Washington wants to be a contender, they need to figure out their goaltending. Or you just realize, hey, let's compete. Let's be a playoff team, but realize that you're not going to be a cup contender. I don't think, and when people said, oh, Washington could be a team that could be in the finals. And even when they traded for Mantha, I'm like, yeah, they get better, but are they really a contender? Are they really a contender next year? What's the plan with Ovechkin? And what's, the, I mean, the, he saw, you know, there were whispers a while back that said he would definitely like to finish his career out in Russia. But then there are some people that reported that Ovechkin expressed interest in staying in Washington for a couple more years. 
Now, he got he missed a little bit of time this year due to COVID and injury, so his goal-scoring rate went down a little bit this year, and it was going to anyways, only playing 56 games, because I've, as much as, you know, the Capitals are on my poop list right now, I want to see Ovi try to give a good, honest chase for the Gretzky record, 894 goals. I think he can do it. I think he can hit 900 goals, but he's just got to consistently continue to push. And you know he's still passionate. Heck, look at the Samsonov, you know, the gaff. He was giving it to him. A guy that doesn't want to play, doesn't want to be in Washington, doesn't get that passionate, doesn't get that mad about a loss. So we'll see what goes forward there in D.C. The other two series, the other two games that were yesterday that did not result in eliminations, the first one down in Smashville. Honky Tonk Hockey is feeling good. They were down 2-0 coming out of PNC Arena, and Peyton and I were saying, oh boy, it's all over. Hey, Peyton, it's okay. They'll win one game in Smashville. They win game three. Matt Duchesne, 6-5, double overtime winner. Hey, there you go, Peyton. There's that win I told you about. And then it looked like yesterday, boy, it's all but over. Even though Nashville scores first, Carolina's out shooting them 14-3 at one point. 17-5 in the first period. Carolina's all over the Preds. Not a chance in the world that Nashville survives this hockey game. Brock McGinn scores 13 seconds into the third period. It makes it 3-2. You know what? Carolina's going to bunker down. Rod Brandenmore is going to tell him, boys, let's calm it down. Nadelkovich make a few more big saves because, boy, is the kid still looking good despite giving up six in game three. Ended up giving up four last night. And I just, you know, he's still looking. He's still playing well. I still think he's the number one goaltender. I don't think you change at all if you're Brandenmore. But I'll tell you, that, that goal, that big goal by Nick Cousins, deflection, a complete lucky deflection as well. Don't tell me Nick Cousins meant to put that thing top corner. He was going to that with a stick and thinking, hey, or maybe let's see if it actually deflects. Let's see if it gets it on goal. What happens? It actually goes top corner. Listen, kids, you can try and practice as much as you want. You may do it a couple times. In a game, one out of 20, maybe. A perfect tip, beautiful tip, and next thing you know, we go to overtime. Chances galore. Saros making some big saves. Nadalkovich making big saves. Chances on both ends, even power plays. Nothing, though, through 20 minutes of extra time. We go to a second overtime. A couple more chances here and there. And then Luke Coonan going hard to the net. Mikhail Granlin, Minnesota Wild legend, finds Coonan striking down the middle. Pass in front. Perfect deflection in on goal. He scores. They win 4-3 in double overtime. Coonan second of the game, second of the postseason, giving the Preds the win and a 2-2 series in that Central Division, a series that we thought after Game 1, it is all but over now. They're going to win in three. All of a sudden, there will be one more game in Smashville, and it is beginning to look a lot like a hometown series. Best way to try to make it sound like a Christmas jingle, but I guess what? Because right now, the National Predators fans thought they'd been given a gift, 12,000 strong. I'm not going to go with Smashvillians again because that just did not sound good, but boy, did UC Soros. Make a believer out of me. You know what? I said this over the first couple games. He looked good and made some big saves. 58 saves, though, in the win last night. Yesterday, excuse me. He was outstanding. The most saves ever. Even more than the Pecorine win in triple overtime when Mike Fisher won it in 2016. Oh, game was it? Game three or four in 2016 against San Jose. He made more saves than that. That's how badly the Preds were outplayed by how good Soros had to be. Even in overtime, he had to make some real key saves because you talk about how crazy 
overtime can be and how every shot is a good shot on goal. Boy, he stepped up and made some huge stops. Nedeljkovic made probably more of the highlight reel saves, but I tell you, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you need a goaltender that's able to put up those kind of numbers. And I don't know if Nashville may not get out of this series still, but UC Staros is going to go out kicking and screaming. Literally kicking out his left pad, kicking out his right pad, throwing out his glove, his blocker, throwing everything he can because he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's going to do everything he can to make the big save. Now, tomorrow night, game five at PNC Arena. If Nashville can win, now I'm, I'm still under the belief that this series will go seven now. Now, Tyler, yes, you just said that Carolina's going to win the series, but it'll go seven because I don't know if Nashville can win at PNC. Vice versa, I don't know if Carolina can hold on at Smashville. But if somehow, some way, the Preds can win tomorrow night, game six on Thursday, guys. Oh boy. All of a sudden, we got to lock, we have a lot to be excited about because I, I, you got to like Nashville's odds at home now, having won both games. You got to like Carolina's odds at home because they won the first two games there. And I think that's what Rod Brandon Moore is going to tell his team going into tomorrow night's game. Probably told him after the game yesterday, too. Guys, that's that's almost 10 periods of hockey right there. Tough battles. We lost. Darn it. Let's go home and win. That's a as inexperienced as that team is based on playoff success. They made it to the conference finals in 2019. They got knocked out in the first round last year. Now, yes, they made it to the qual through the qualifying round, but that doesn't count as a round win. That counts as just making it to the playoffs. I say this. As far down as a team is, or as inexperienced as they can be, that team is has a lot of veteran leadership in there. Look at Stahl, Hamilton, Brenda Moore is your head coach. The young kids are getting older. They they know how to win series. The thing is that they won't the longevity of the playoffs is going to be in question for them. But obviously this is only the first round. You got to be confident if you're going into game five for your call or Carolina. However, you come back to Smashville for game six, the Preds gotta be liking where they're sitting too. So it'll be a very interesting game tomorrow night. But Smashville has rallied back to win two games. By the way, I was wrong about the Italy uh, Great Britain score. They just showed up on the bottom. It was Norway who beat Italy. So Norway is getting some wins there as well. I love that's why I love the world championships. It's one nothing Slovakia right now, by the way, over Russia. It's just so many games with so many teams. It's like a glorified Olympics, but it's just hockey. You don't have to worry about like trying to figure out what other events are going on. It's just, hey, let's just watch the game. So um, but you got yeah, so Nashville, Carolina tied it too. The other game that happened last night, Russia just scored on the power play, by the way. Slovakia looking to argue the call, so we'll keep our eyes for that Jets and Oilers one goal through what was it four or seven periods for the Edmonton Oilers and everyone's looking at this oh boy they're going back to Winnipeg they're in trouble big trouble and his bananas as you say or whatever the heck the rest of the Eminem song was however they go into Winnipeg, Bell MTS Place. The whiteout is there, not with the fans. It's just because of the fact that they have, you know, they have, they, they covered the seats in white, which I thought was cool. I know it's tough for Canada because the fans aren't there. Now, if 
now if the Montreal now there is the thing if Montreal Toronto go to six they'll the Bell Center will have fans for game six only 2,500 people but you know what I'm saying it's tough to get fans in right now so they do everything they can I like the white out there in Winnipeg Edmonton comes out playing hard you talk about a team with desperation a team that were Drysidle and McDavid guys that combined for 189 points during the regular season McDavid with 105. All of a sudden, they seem like they're in trouble, but they come out playing hard. Leon Dreisaitl, two goals and an assist. Connor McDavid with three helpers. Zach Cassian scoring a goal. It's seemingly all looking good for the Oilers. 4-1 lead in the third period. Wait a second. A 4-1 lead in the third period? Us Toronto fans are going, that's not a good lead, guys. You should be careful. Because why? Here come the Jets. Boy, they, they came storming back. Blake Wheeler with a big goal. And then shortly thereafter, Josh Morrissey with a muffin that somehow got through. They came back playing so hard because, don't, or don't forget, game three, Paul Stas or game two, Paul Stasi had the winner, the muffin that absolutely beat Mike Smith, but it was 2-0 to come back. And Nikolai Ehlers, who had not played since April the 24th, who scored the first goal for the Jets. But that was obviously before the comeback. But Winnipeg rallied. Why were they able to rally, though, Tyler? Look at the guy that was between the pipes. Connor Vesnabuck. I know it may be Vasilevsky this year. I know that Hellebuck may not be the guy this year. Whatever. Connor Hellebuck has been sensational. 44 saves last night. Did he give up four goals? Yes, because he had to face 48 shots. He was standing on his head, making all the big stops, especially there in the overtime as well. And then it goes to overtime. Nikolai Ehlers sitting behind Paul Stasny on top of the circle. Everyone and their mother knows where that faceoff is going to try to go and who is going to try to shoot it. Yet, perfect faceoff win by Paul Stasny. Nikolai Ehlers kind of catches it on its side and absolutely roofs it over the glove of Mike Smith. And the Winnipeg Jets are up 3-0 on the Edmonton Oilers. Ladies and gentlemen, someone is calling John Tortorella to ask how to handle this situation. Now, yes, that was the President Trophy in Tampa Bay Lightning that the Columbus Blue Jackets defeated. However, we are now looking at the Winnipeg Jets against the Highly touted Edmonton Oilers, a Winnipeg Jets team that was on a seven-game losing streak in the final month of the regular season that had no chance of stopping the Edmonton Oilers because, oh, they have Connor Hellebuck, but that didn't even work against the Flames last year. The Flames that lost to the Dallas Stars, if you guys remember, dramatically as well in Game 6 because they were up 4 nothing, they are up 3 nothing, they lost like 7 to whatever. That's my point, guys. There was no chance that Winnipeg, because they don't have the offense. Ehlers is still out. Blake Wheeler, yeah, but Shifley's been benched, and their defense is weak. There's no ch- Neil Pionk has played big minutes during the regular season, but he's not going to stop McDavid. Morris, he's not going to stop McDavid or Dreisaitl. It's going to be so rough for any of those guys. Tucker Pullman, psh, all of a sudden, he scores a big goal in game one, and all of a sudden, it's a 3-0 series lead, and the Jets have the chance to do what many thought would be impossible to do to the Oilers this year, because especially last night, the Oilers are at least going to win this one, right? Wrong. And I don't. And here's the thing, too. This is and you saw McDavid because McDavid was on the bench for that last goal. You wonder 
what the mindset is of Connor McDavid because he just looked so defeated after that goal by Ehlers went in. What do you do? What do you do? Because it's so hard. By the way, Matthew Perot also had a power play goal. That was, that was the goal that kickstarted the comeback for the Jets. Forgot to mention that. I just... If you're Edmonton, what do you do? I like I and here's the crazy thing. I know it's happened before, and lesser teams have come back from 3-0 deficits to win series. How do you how do you honestly think Edmonton can do this? When Philly did it in 2010, it was a miracle because that team had no business even being in that series. When L or when LA did it, there was no chance. But at least you know what this team had won a Stanley Cup before. This team is good. Edmonton Oilers are good, but they are so fragile. That if the big three or the big line, if the big two aren't going, all of a sudden they falter. They didn't score in the first two games of the play of the series, and they lost by only and only scored one goal in the process the team did. They get three points each, six points between Dry and McDavid yesterday. Nothing. Still lost. Welcome to the Stanley Cup playoffs, kids, where you need more than just two guys clicking to give you a chance. Game four tonight. 945 puck drop. Can the Jets do it? We'll find out. We'll take a quick break here, folks, on the Cule Show. When we come back, we'll talk about the games, more games that are going to happen tonight. Five games on tap tonight, including another one from the North Division. Game three between the Habs and the Leafs. We'll talk about that series and more when we come back here on the Cule Show, here on the Cule Show Family Networks and 12 on Sports. We'll be back right after this. And welcome back to The Kuehl Show, everyone, here on The Kuehl Show, social media platform, networks, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Did I get everything? Or did I say Instagram? We're on Instagram, at The Kuehl Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Only an hour today, so only about 20-some-odd minutes left here to get you ready for tonight's game. Some big matchups and a couple of possible series enders tonight as well. Let's get back to the North Division here. We wrapped up with the Jets and Oilers preview for Game 4 tonight. Boy, oh boy, that's going to be an interesting 9.45. How about 7 o'clock first? Leafs and Habs. Game 1, we talked about it. Talked about it in spades uh, with Peyton a little bit. Well, because we were watching Game 1 on Thursday together. During our live reaction show, we talked about John Tavares going down, been released from the hospital, which is great to hear, concussion for sure. No structural damage, though, which for JT is obviously a really good sign. A lot of people are like, hey, you know, you know, if he wants to play, he's, you know, he's got to come back, and we got to keep playing. we got to win games if we want him to come back. I don't know if JT is ever going to come back in this playoff, but I'll tell you, the, the ability of that team to really rally around him is incredible. So I can't wait to see how this team rallies because they did. They After the Habs won that game 2-1, Leafs came out big time in game 2, 5-1 victory. Good bounce back for Jack Campbell. Gets 22 saves. Goals from Austin Matthews. Jason Spezza tied the game first because Jasperi Kotkaniemi scored first in that game for Montreal. And there were a lot of people that got a little nervous in Leafland, yours truly included. I was out with friends and I was watching that game. I was probably the only person in that bar that was watching the game. But I'm like, oh, What's going on here? And then Spets score. I'm like, okay, I'm like calmer. Then Matthew scores. Okay. Then Nylander scores. Okay. Then Rasp or well, Matthew. I forget the order, but 
Sandine scored. Sandine's goal was the big one because that was his first ever playoff goal. And a guy that Sandine is a guy that we all, at least fans, were yelling about for the entire season. When are we going to see Sandine? When's Sandine coming up? When's Sandine coming up? Well, kids, sometimes he just, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Remember how long it took, now I know the name's going to get everyone mad, but how long it took Jake Gardner to come up during the 2013 season. That's just how it works for some of the young defensemen. Sandine looked good, got a goal in the game. Alex Kerfoot with the empty netter. Like I said, Matthews also scoring along with Willie Melander. 5-1 win. The series evened up going back to Montreal. Now this, like the Winnipeg-Edmonton series, they are, Winnipeg-Edmonton, their second half of the back-to-backs tonight for Game 4. Leafs, this is the front half of the back-to-back. Bell, play, Bell Center tonight and tomorrow, 7 and then 7.30 in Montreal. You you look you saw a more I and I don't want to point the finger and say that the JT incident really did the Leafs in, but boy, it you could tell some of the guys were not invested after that. It was so hard for them to come back in that game. But now they win game two and they're feeling a little bit more confident going back to Montreal. Now, yes, the Habs have done well at home against the Leafs, and then in the same token, the Leafs have done well in Montreal against the Habs. So there is a lot to take into account going to this game tonight. How's Carey Price going to look? A little bit of a rough game for him. Made more saves than Campbell, but, you know, it kind of had a rough spot at some points. Jack Campbell, much better game. Only gave up one goal. Then again, I think the whole team in front of him played a lot better. So you almost wonder now about the teams in front of the two goaltenders. How is Montreal going to respond? They kind of stunned everyone with the win. Then again, that one was kind of overshadowed. They got beat in game two. Are they going to be able to use home ice while it is not the same as having fans? Now, like I said, both teams have to at least win one more game each if you want a game six, which would be the first of the series. First in Canada, as far as we know, to have fans in it. Because as far as we know, there's been no word coming out of the Manitoba or the Alberta governments of allowing fans either the Edmonton or Winnipeg games. Now, granted, they may not need any to worry about any Edmonton games after tonight, but we have to wait and see that one before that one wraps up. Toronto has exactly what they want right now. Confidence. Their big guns were going, but the entire team played well. Everyone was hitting. It got a little chippy at times, but then again, it's Toronto, Montreal. Even during the regular season, it gets a little nasty. Shea Weber got suspe- or got fined for the cross-check he threw during the game. Okay, that's fine. I, I really, as a Leafs fan, you're okay. Okay, it's evened up. You're fine. Now, but... If you're Montreal, you don't want it evened up, but you realize that it's you took one in Toronto, which I think was, the, for them, a win. Because you can take home ice advantage in a series like this against a team that you are pretty much, for the most part, overmatched with. You need to find a way to get those little victories if you want a chance to run it all the way through and get the upset here in this series. If Montreal wins tonight, boy, this really throws a chink in the Leafs' plans to move on. But if Leafs go up 2-1 and have an opportunity to take a 3-1 lead on the road and take home ice away from Montreal, that could really throw in the series. But if you're Toronto, you need the big guns to step up. But you also need your depth players to play well. You got to like the way the that Wayne Simmons, his passion that he has. You got to like, I mean, this is why the guys that Dubas went out and got, everyone's like, oh, you get all these old guys. Is it really going to help? Well, <laughs> they needed that grittiness. So they're going to try to use it here tonight to try to go up 2-1 on the Habs. Montreal, keep, I mean, let's let's be honest. I think they went back maybe, I don't say a little too confident in the game too, but 
if they go back to that mindset of, what do we have to lose here? Yes, we clinched a playoff spot, barely, but we're going up against the best team, one of the best in the league, the division champs. Let's just play, have some fun, go out there, maybe score a couple goals. Carey Price, you steal the show because, let's be honest, we're going to give up a few chances. That's what Montreal is going to have to play like if they want to get the win tonight. Like I said, 7 o'clock puck drop there for Game 3 between the Leafs and the Habs. Going back to the East Division here, Isles and Pens Game 5 tonight, 7.30 puck drop. Series tied at deuces. Pens won Game 3, very chippy game, back and forth. They win a shootout 5-4. to four. Semyon Varlamov gets the hook there from, not during the game, but after from Barry Trotz. In comes back Elias Sorokin. 29 saves in Game 4 on Sunday. Power play clicking for the Islanders. They stepped up and they played extremely well on Saturday. I was So I was at the beach actually on Saturday for the first half of the game with the wife and the dog. There was a dog park, a dog beach that my wife found. So of course we had to go. But I was listening to Chris King on the Islanders broadcast. Chris King, friend of the show, been on the show time, and he is just a he's an Islanders fan, right? He's an Islanders fan since day one, so you can definitely tell in his voice, but he got really excited, but then again, he had a raisin too. Power play goals. Wallstrom scored. Oliver Wallstrom, who would have thought he scored? Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey got things started off. I mean, the, everyone was clicking where they needed to. Ryan Pulak scored, but like I said, the big thing there was Ilya Sorokin. There were a lot of people that pointed the finger right away. Why would you start Varlamov in game two? Now, yes, he only lost 2-1, made some big saves, but I, you look at that first goal by Brian Russ and thought, why would you do that? Do you need to do that? Do you need to put him in if you don't have to? Well, they put him in. He plays well in game two. All right, let's put him back in game three. Well, game three didn't go well. That's the purpose of having a good goaltending tandem in today's NHL, ladies and gentlemen. We're down 2-1. One goaltender's playing bad. Sorkin, get in there and save the day. He did that. Lone goal score for Pittsburgh, Zach Aston Reese, late in the regulation. But at that point, it was too little, too late. And now you go back to Pittsburgh. Whereas we see in this series, home ice advantage while Nassau Coliseum was loud. And there will be at least one more game at the Coliseum in game six. Home ice really hasn't done much for either team. Two teams have split the both at PPG and Nassau. I wonder now who's going to, I mean, Islanders felt good, but then again, like I said, when your power play goes two for five against the Pens, and the Pens only take one, pardon me, they took 12 penalties in the Leafs, or the Islanders took two penalties, but only one resulted in a power play. If you only give up one power play, you'll do fine against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, the hitting wasn't as crazy as it was in Game 3. It wasn't as chippy where everyone got kicked off the ice like they did in the third period, but, you know, I think that was the, the perfect game that Barry Trotz's team could have played. Down 2-1, realizing that if you lose both games in Nassau, it's going to be tough to win back at PP&G in Pittsburgh for Game 5. So now you go back with the chance to take control of the series heading back home. The Islanders have the momentum giving the win, but Pittsburgh has the Vets. Listen, this team, the majority of that group has won. They know what it's like to fall behind or lose momentum in a series and come back and win. Now, again, we've said that since the back-to-back and since 16 and 17, but let's be honest. Who can you who can count out the Penguins right now? I still pick them to win. Now, granted, I'm, not, I'm wrong because I picked them to win in five, but if the series does go the distance, you got to give advantage to Pittsburgh. Now, if Pittsburgh wins tonight and they have a chance to go back in Coliseum to close it out, I would not be surprised if that happened either. So we're all going to wait and see 
exactly what happens tonight. Sororkin sounds like he's getting the start. Tristan Jari, of course. I don't know if you can blame Jari for too many of those yesterday, or pardon me, on Saturday, but it's going to be a close one at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, PPG tonight. 7.30 puck drop in that one. Back over to the Central Division, Tampa and Florida. Listen, after Florida, that Thursday game that we were live for here on the Kula Show, when Florida jumped out in front, then Tampa came back and took the lead, then Florida tied it up, and then they went to overtime, and then Ryan Lomberg gets the winner. We thought, okay, Florida's back in this series. And then Tampa said, no. (laughs) They came out and beat, and I mean beat beat the wheels off of the Florida Panthers. In game number four, it just it was so hard to watch because you wanted you want Florida to do well. Bob gets a start because he had to come in because Chris Drieger, and deservedly so. But now you're gonna see Chris Drieger probably tonight because Bob played so bad the other, so bad on Saturday. The big guns were going. Nikita Kucherov was big once again. As far as we know, there has been no update as of late. Let me check the Twitter feed here. Haven't heard anything quite yet based on what exactly could be happening with Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov and Mikhail Sergachev all both took big hits in the late stage of that game. Both left the ice. And as far as we know, uh, it doesn't sound like it sound like he missed practice. Uh, it's as far as we know. Yeah, like, sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I get my story straight. Nothing as of yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just checking on Twitter now. I tried to check before the show, but there was nothing yet. So, uh, both Nikita Kucherov and Mikhail Sergachev made the trip to Sunrise. Morning skate hasn't officially happened yet. Let me check my Twitter to make sure that good old Elliot Friedman hasn't tweeted anything yet or anyone else hasn't liked anything yet because missing Kucherov is tough because we've realized how important he has been since coming back to the lineup. Oh, Lordy, we have a story, folks. Spencer Knight was in the starters net for the Florida Panthers in the morning skate today in Sunrise. Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight, who was early this year playing for Boston College, is going to be in net for the Florida Panthers tonight. Breaking news here on the Kill Show, Spencer Knight, the number one goaltender for the Panthers tonight in his first playoff start. Oh boy, that's gonna be a dandy. Seven thirty puck drop there. Back to to um, that's. I mean that's that's huge because now you have a youngster that's never played in the playoffs before in an elimination game. Pretty much saying, "All right, guys, we got nothing to lose here. Let's put the kid in." How's it gonna go? I don't know. But if you are out, if you are, I mean, here's the thing too. If you are John Cooper, you are up three one in the series, and yes, you don't want Florida to get any momentum, but you still have Alex Kalorn. You still have Stamkos in the lineup. Hedman's still there. You still have st- Braden Point's still there. Andre Palat, who's been a big-time player in these playoffs the last couple of years for the Tampa Bay Lightning, is still in the lineup. I think you can rest the two of them if, I mean, if you have the option. If they, if they say they can play, okay. But if you have the option to let them sit for a game and go back to Amelie Arena for game six with still the chance to clinch, you don't really panic with that, right? Cooper's won a cup now. That mantra is beyond him now. 
He was able to win a cup without Stamkos last year. But Tyler, the one game, listen, Stamkos scored one goal. It was a great moment, but it didn't change the entire playoff run for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I like Tampa to close the series out. I picked Florida in seven, which is technically still possible, but boy, the way Tampa started to take control of the series, I don't think so. So, like I said, game five tonight. Sounds like Spencer Knight's going to be going up against Andre Vasilevsky, who was, despite the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the brakes off with a 6-2 win, 39 saves, though, for Andre Vasilevsky, showing that he is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. No question about it. He's going to win the Vesna this year, and I think it's pretty much a landslide. Last series here to talk, last game, pardon me, of the night to talk about. Going back to the West, Vegas and Minnesota. <sighs> you talk about a team that just, that tried so hard and got so little in game four. Vegas handled game three in St. Paul. 5-2 win, outshot him 40-16. to Get out of here, guys. It's all but over. Game four, 30. Five save shutout for Marc Andre Fleury. That's just that shows how good Minnesota is. They can do either. They can go out and control the play and win a game, or they can get heavily outplayed and still win the game. Big goals from Alex Tuck and Mark Stone, of course. I mean this this Vegas team. I think that win that game one where they pulled it out. I think that kind of gave them a little bit of a shot in the arm and said, hey guys, hey, we gotta, we can't take this team lightly. Now, like I said, Vegas had struggled against Minnesota during the regular season the past couple of years. And Minnesota, in game one, looked like they were going to use that and take it into the postseason. Now, once again, 3-1 series, we've seen players come back from this. We've seen teams come back from 3-1 deficits all the time. In fact, the Leafs almost into the Bruins twice. Almost. So technically, Minnesota's not out of it yet, but they have to go back to T-Mobile Arena for Game 5. That building's going to be rocking because they know it's going to be on the line. The hard part is, though, because it's not like Talbot's played horribly. So I don't want to say, let's go with Kapokakinen tonight for the Minnesota Wild. No, it's you're desperate, but Talbot's played well. The team in front of him has had some issues from time to time. We'll have to hang out to dry. That team's got to find a way to rally if they want to come back. But Vegas right now is showing that they're way too strong. I know what I said. I said Minnesota in seven because that's what they do in the first round when they're outmatched. That's the only way they win is win in seven games. So, truth be told, that's the only way they can win is in seven games. They need to win both games. They need to win back at T-Mobile and then at home against X and at XL Energy Center, which typically had been a very favorable barn for them over the years, but obviously this year has proven otherwise. It's not going to be easy. Then again, the playoffs are not. Will we see a couple teams get eliminated tonight? Tampa has a chance to move on, and they'll be taking on the Boston Bruins. Vegas wins. They take on Colorado in a one versus two, the matchup we all wanted to see anyways coming out of the West. Pardon me, what many people wanted to see. I want to see Minnesota and Colorado because that means Minnesota's just going to win, right? They won two out of three since their history, since they began playing against each other. So, hey, I like the chances of Minnesota in that playoff round. I just don't know who the best team is to pick going through forward. Obviously, it seems like Pittsburgh and the Islanders, they're going to go seven games because why not? 
Nashville and Carolina, if Nashville wins in game six at home, it's going to go seven games, but Carolina is going to win because why? Home ice advantage. It's a thing, especially down there in the south where they are packing, well, not packing barns, but they're getting close to packing them. I, I wonder how, I, I just, well, I want to see what's going to happen. Obviously, the Leafs and the Habs will be the first game I'm watching. I'll have pretty much every game on as, po- as much as possible. It's going to be really tough, though, for Minnesota to come back. Really tough for Florida to come back. Because the difference is between Florida and Tampa and Minnesota and Vegas, that's veteran status. It's so crucial in the playoffs. As good as Vegas is, their depth makes them that much harder to beat compared to Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild may be talented, may beat them in the regular season, but... Marc-Andre Fleury, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, who has not had a great year, but, you know, and the, go down the list. Ryan Reeves is in that locker room. Like, they have the talent and the vets to really control and then win a playoff series and try to make a deep playoff run. Same thing with Tampa. They just won the darn diddly thing. They may be without Kucherov tonight and Sergachev, but they have the piece they can fit in there to still win a hockey game. And they have the best goaltender in the league. So they got all that going for them and a bag of chips. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I am just about out here. I know it's been a little bit less than an hour. I know it's a short show. It's not our typical two and a half hours on a Monday, but I worked it tonight or I worked Monday night. So if you're watching on 12 ounce sports, you're shocked. I'm like, what do you mean we're already done with? Well, uh, I tried to tell you guys I work. So I, I will be in the chat. I myself will be in the chat on the YouTube stream tonight on 12 ounce sports. So if you guys want to chat about it, then we can go back and forth. That's totally cool. Uh, if not, then we'll see you on Thursday when we have another quick shift edition of the Kula Show. It'll be another 10 a.m. show, remember, because I kind of, uh, like I said, work all week in the afternoons. It's okay. We'll be tweeting throughout the games and letting people know. I'll, I'll sure be letting people know how I feel. kind of glad that Washington's out of this thing, but, you know, not because of any bias or anything like that, just because I'm trying to, I'm trying to think for the Angel Department of Player Safety. Be sure when you also, when you talk about today's show, Use the hashtag TKS at the Kula Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you join us in the conversation there as well. Follow us. Give us a like. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. All that good jazz. Like I said, if you were not able to watch the entire show this morning, make sure you catch the live replay on 12 on Sports later tonight or on demand on the Kula Show YouTube channel. Or if you're, you know, not like to watch me throw my hands around or stare at other screens, just be sure to check out the podcast edition, the audio version of the Kula Show, which will be up here and a little bit in the afternoon here. Got a couple things I got to figure out before then, but it'll be up later on tonight. Later on today, possibly. I'm Tyler Kula, the Insider of the Insiders, thanking you for watching this special morning edition of the Kula Show on this Monday, May the 24th. We'll see you Thursday with more Stanley Cup playoff coverage here on TKS. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.